Hi there, and welcome to the podcast. Once again, it's a great honor and a privilege to have you joining me today on this podcast that is not very entertaining, not meant to be entertaining. I'm not a gifted orator nor an educated person. I did do a few years of Bible college, and they were probably the worst harm to my spiritual life you could imagine. Um, I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit will guide you into understanding, and it is a gift from God. God is the one who writes His Word on your heart. And you don't need to be taught it, you live it. You realize as you're reading it that it's already in you. You already know these things to be true. Man, oh man, we, we let go of the supernatural realm. In, in postmodern Christianity, they have let go of the supernatural working of God, the mystery of God that moves in our lives, that transforms our lives, that changes our thoughts, changes our hearts, and He writes His Word on our hearts. Why? So we will not sin against Him. He wants His children walking in purity, walking in love, walking in holiness, walking after the Spirit, and not after the flesh. So I want to get into a couple of headlines just to give you a sense of where we are in the end times, um, one interesting thing going on here in Canada, they are making the digital ID rollout official. It looks like here in Canada, digital ID will be mandatory in October of this year. It's happening really, really fast. I've talked to my daughters about it. Um, they are now 20 and 22 and I don't treat them as children, I treat them as adults. And I ask them, what are your thoughts on this? What, um, how far are you willing to go with it? And neither of them has thought about it in the least. They didn't even know it was a thing. So uh, you're going to encounter people in your life as well who are just simply unaware. There's a lot of people who would just like to be left alone. They would just like to live their life do their thing, go to work, come home, you know, make dinner, do their little thing that they do in the evenings, and then go to bed and start all over again. Um, but it doesn't matter where their focus is, what's going on is still going on. It's still happening. The globalists are moving, the one world order is developing and right under our feet. Whether we like it or not, whether we're ready or not, it's not waiting for our permission or our attention. And that's the times we're living in. Digital ID, I was warning about ID 2020 uh, almost two years ago. And here it is at the door now. And I'm not happy to be right about that at all because I'll tell you what, I'm looking at it and saying, I could take digital ID and use it until such a time as I was ready. Uh, wait for a convenient time to get out of the system, go off-grid, live apart from society. But, you know, what, what is the right time then? If it's not then, when is the right time? How long do I wait before making that transition and tapping out and saying, you know what, I'm not doing it anymore, I'm not getting on board? Because after this digital ID is mandated in Canada in October we're going to have digital currency. And at that point, it's all said and done. You, you will be controlled. You'll be a puppet. 
um, you will not be allowed to make purchases that uh, the government doesn't deem necessary or beneficial or good. They will determine what you're allowed to spend your money on. They've even suggested your employer can determine what amount of your income you're allowed to spend on foods that may not be healthy or nutritious. I, I really don't know where this idea came from that your employer is like the landlord of your body and has rights to determine what you do with your body. We've had the workplace vaccine mandates where employers suddenly have dominion over your own physical body. And I know the government is hiding behind that, expecting the employer to do their dirty work. And I know in the same vein of thought that the government is the one that actually wants to control what you eat. They don't like the way you're living your life right now. And we'll get into that a little more detail um, in a future headline. But here's another one, the shocking correlation between getting vaccinated and pushing for war with Russia. This is kind of surprising what one uh, Twitter member said was fascinating, was that people who were fully vaxxed are way, way more likely to push for war with Russia than people who are unvaxxed. And they were wondering if it had something to do with the injections themselves. But I think it's more philosophy of life, more political. Um, the people who don't trust the government in terms of their own health also don't trust the government in terms of news and information. Our Trudeau government here in Canada just gave our mainstream lying media $600 million, again, bailing them out. Because people aren't tuning in, people aren't watching, and people don't trust Global or CTV or CBC. They don't trust mainstream media anymore. And it's up to Trudeau to pay them so that they can remain on the air. Without viewers, um, advertisers aren't really interested. And without advertising income, you can't afford to stay on the air. But that's all right. Trudeau is going to pay for them to be the credible voice of reason in difficult times. It's nothing but a propaganda machine, purely left-wing propaganda, and not worth your time. But this is really troubling, guys, okay? Billionaire-owned Bloomberg says Americans should eat lentils and let their pets die to cope with inflation. So Bloomberg came out with an article explaining how our lifestyles need to change and there was a line they drew in the article where your lifestyle needs to change and that line was at three hundred thousand dollars a year income to your household or below if you're under three hundred thousand dollars a year you need to change the way you live your life now that's who on earth but politicians earns a third of a million dollars a year politicians athletes entertainers yeah maybe they're they're in that uh tax bracket but the rest of us working class folks 300,000 we're nowhere near that so the middle class is being admonished that we need to stop eating meat and start eating lentils we need to get rid of our uh, get rid of the idea that you should own a vehicle of your own 
you know, that's been an American tradition. And by default, by proxy, Canadians have done the exact same thing. We love our cars. We, we aren't like Europe where everything is relatively nearby, where 10 kilometers is a long distance to go. Um, in rural America and Canada, you have to drive. You have to drive long distances. Some people have to drive an hour to the nearest fuel pump. And telling us that we need to adjust to living without a vehicle has little to do with the reality of the economy and the markets and more to do with a great reset. As Klaus Schwab said, you will own nothing and you will be happy. This is like herding cats into a way of thinking where we are no longer free to go and do the things that we want to do. We can go as far as public transport will take us. We can use our digital currency to purchase certain approved goods and services, but we won't be able to use that currency for other things. You may want to upgrade your rifle. You may want a dirt bike. You may want um, to upgrade your wardrobe. Your, your currency won't permit these things. But it goes on to say, not only that, but consider the cost of medicating your pets. If you have a purebred, uh, uh, whatever animal, they tend to crop up health issues at six, seven, eight years of age. And people pay money. People love their pets. And people spend money on their pets. And what this article is saying is you may need to rethink the way you look at your pets because maybe you're spending too much money and maybe it'll come to the point next year where you won't be allowed to spend money on vet bills. It will not be deemed an acceptable use of your money. And it's technically not your money. It's credits that were granted to your account by doing your assigned task and those credits can be taken away or limited or restricted at any given time. They have absolute control over everything you do. This is scary, folks. This is very scary. Um, the UN is warning that we are heading into the worst global food crisis since World War II. How is that for an exciting end times headline? Something we haven't seen since World War II is about to happen, folks. It's about to get real. And I hope you took my advice from eight months to a year ago to have your own food supply and to start learning to harvest and grow your own and to interact with your um, neighbors, your uh, farmers in your communities, things of that nature, and find alternate sources of food because it's about to get very ugly. Now, the fertilizer that farmers rely on has doubled and tripled and in some cases quadrupled in price. The fertilizers are primarily made in Ukraine and Russia and they're not being exported and a lot of places in Europe that manufacture these fertilizers have really scaled back production because a lot of them are made using natural gas and they simply don't have the natural gas to burn. Um, they're, they're trying to heat their homes, trying to stay warm so production of fertilizer for this coming growing season is in the tank. It's absolutely not there. 
Farmers all the way from Brazil up to Texas have scaled back their growing. And from Texas north, you have them scaling back their, the number of fields they will plant simply because of their water allotment. The droughts uh, will continue this year, apparently, and um, farmers will struggle to have enough water to maintain their crops. And China had a devastating winter wheat harvest with torrential rains. All in all, it's a perfect storm of failed crops and shortages all the way around. Now, a lot of African nations rely on Russian wheat exports. And unfortunately, those exports just aren't going to be there this year, leaving them looking to other nations. Now, they're living on $2 a day. They can barely afford their yearly order of Russian wheat. And in a climate where suddenly that wheat is 10 times more expensive, and maybe shipping that wheat is altogether unaffordable, we're going to see tremendous famine. As Jesus said we would see, we're going to see famine, we're going to see pestilence. Earthquakes have been maintaining five or so a day of magnitude five or higher. That was a big uptick last year, but it's been maintaining that uh, so far. And I don't want to exaggerate things and make things sound worse than they really are. So um, in being truthful in what I say, yes, earthquakes have been, there have been a couple of large ones here and there, but by and by they have maintained a, a fairly steady rhythm over the past year. And I'll keep you posted if it does um, take a sudden bound forward. Um, yeah, just going back through the headlines. Uh, I think the last one I'll share with you guys is something that slipped out of Biden's mouth. He was at a roundtable with a bunch of very powerful executives and directors, and he let it slip that we're, the old world order is passing, it's failing, and we need to be at the forefront leading into the new world order the words out of his mouth to this roundtable. And Dementia Joe loses control of his tongue more and more frequently and just spills things that, you know, he said the silent part out loud that time. Uh, it's very clear. We don't need Joe Biden to say it. It's very clear that Agenda 2030 and the push for the New World Order is in full swing. And I want to, you know encourage you to turn to the word of God and receive comfort Jesus said all you who are heavy laden and weary turn to me and I will give you rest and this is a period of time in our lives where we're going to learn real surviving faith the faith to trust in God when the cupboards are empty when forces around you are increasingly malevolent and hostile towards you, towards your faith. Um, God is our defender. God is our protector. God is our provider. God is our healer. He is all things to us, and by faith we're going to learn that more and more. It can be frightening and terrifying in the absence of faith. 
or it can be the best thing that ever happened to us when it's married with faith, when we learn to trust and rest that no matter what is going on in the world around us, God has us right in the palm of His hand. He's not going to allow anything to happen to us that we can't endure. And God gives us all of that encouragement through His Word. Um, I want to spend a minute discussing truth. You know, um, we know that truth is like a bedrock. Picture it as an island in the ocean, and it's just solid bedrock. And there is a facet or a portion of society that sees it and values it. And this is kind of traditionally what we were raised to believe. This bedrock of truth is absolute. If you go back in time 5,500 years, you can read the Epic of Gilgamesh was written over 5,000 years ago. And all of the values that we espouse today were very much the exact same thing over 5,000 years ago. To be virtuous, to be valiant, to be brave, to do deeds that were worthy of glory. All of these very human ideals and characteristics were identical over 5,000 years ago. And truth itself doesn't move. It's bedrock. It's anchored in place. It will never move. But we're living in a society where a whole portion of it has left the island. They've abandoned it. They've decided they, they can create an island of their own design, and they're swimming around in the ocean, in the chaos, claiming this is truth, that is truth, and their backs are to the island. They don't see the island. They're looking out over the waves and talking among themselves about their own personal truth. None of them know what truth is. It's back behind them. But... We have two leaders. Jordan Peterson is a champion of truth, a, a Canadian psychologist and speaker who has been hated, branded, and labeled for his right-leaning rhetoric. And I don't even call it right-leaning. I call it just common sense, just basic truth. I don't think it's a political um, distinction. I think it's a man who honors the truth. And you can see what he says one month and what he says the next month fit together very nicely because he's not focused on individual items so much as an overall truth. And I laughed last year saying, he better be careful, he's going to find himself at the feet of Jesus Christ. And lo and behold, that's exactly where he seems to be. Um, his daughter had a born-again experience and now Jordan Peterson who has been more and more open about the, the reality of a benevolent creator, is now quoting scripture and talking about Jesus' suffering and death on the cross being the greatest degree of truth, and the Bible being the highest ideal of truth. It's very exciting to see when someone is infatuated with the truth, inevitably they end up at the feet of Jesus Christ. But we live in a society that rejects that. They don't want to be on the island. They don't like the bedrock. They go out into the water and find their own way. And Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, and Joe Biden is the exact same. These are people who do not honor the truth. They have rejected the truth. Truth is whatever they decide it is for the day. Justin Trudeau can stand in Canada and 
call his op- opposition, people who have a problem with him, he can call them racists and Nazis, misogynists, and fringe minority and conspiracy theorists and all the rest of it, and then hop on a jet and just days later stand in Ukraine and lecture on democracy and protecting the rights of every single individual. Now, unlike Jordan Peterson, these words totally contradict each other. They're, they're conflicting ideas, but Justin Trudeau is not on the island of truth. He doesn't perceive how wrong he is, how confused he is. Um, those who honor the truth, who are on the island, look at him and it kind of leaves you speechless. How does he not see it? How does he not get it? And he's been labeled as a, a massive hypocrite and someone with no um, self-awareness whatsoever. And that's exactly what's going to happen when you forsake the truth and you go off into a world of creating your own truths, creating your own reality, even creating your own God, deciding for yourself what the nature of God should be and what service to God should look like, rather than standing on that island of truth in Scripture. So, in this paradigm, we want people to come to absolute truth. We want them to realize that truth is absolute. There's no such thing as a man in a dress actually being a woman. We all know that. We all understand that because we're on the island of truth and we see clearly that this is perverse, it's corrupt, it's deception. Um, We look at statements like, uh, we need to change the language from pedophile to minor attracted person. Uh, We see clearly through that. We understand that these are pedophiles trying to make their carnal desires less sinister looking. And we need to be a light now more than ever. We need to shine that light bright and expose the deeds of wickedness and expose these people for who they really are. There's no such thing as a minor attracted person. You're a pedophile. And you need to stay away from children and I will be watching you every step. And I will do whatever is required to protect the children. You know, one thing Jesus made very clear to to the people around him. Don't harm the children. If anyone harms one of these little ones, better off you were never born, baby. Better off you were never even thought of. Better off you never existed. And what do you think the Lord will do with predators who stalked children who tortured and harmed and stole the innocence of children. And I'm not just talking about sexual predators. I'm talking about these predators in elementary schools who are teaching them all kinds of disgusting filth. We need to expose them. We need to be the light in this time and expose the deeds of darkness. We're standing on the island. We have the truth. And we can see clearly. We need to make sure... To, to use that truth and expose the deeds of darkness. So let's finish off in Revelation. We're in chapter 12 now. And this takes, this is the beginning of a brand new vision. And rather than a vision of things to come, this is a vision of what has come. So you see 
what I was saying before about we have that mini timeline and then a series of visions that overlap and we're not real clear on the precise timeline of some of these, but this one is clearly a vision of the past. So beginning in verse 1, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of 12 stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain, to give birth. So this is the nation of Israel. Um, clothed in the sun, I believe, is the glory of being God's chosen people. Standing on the moon, having that elevated position among humanity. And she cries out, being in labor, about to give birth, that's the Savior of the world, the King of Kings. That's Jesus Christ about to be born. Verse 3, Then another sign appeared in heaven. So, in this vision, John sees the woman who is about to give birth. Then he sees in another vision a dragon. And a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. And on his head were seven diadems. Now, this is a vision of the past. And as we read forward, you'll see it's very clearly a vision of Satan. But interestingly, it uses the same descriptive language exactly as the beast kingdom, the final kingdom, described with seven heads and ten horns, being a red dragon. Um, very interesting that Satan is described in the exact same way as the beast kingdom, which begs the question, was the, the kingdom made in the image of Satan, or is Satan appearing here in the image of the beast kingdom? But I think the idea is that they are one and the same thing. In verse 4, And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven, and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. So when the dragon sweeps a third of the stars to the earth, that's a reference to one-third of the angels in heaven who left their former estate, fallen angels who came to the earth, and there if they, they took up dominion with Satan and taught the people of the earth things we were never supposed to know. Root cutting, herbs, astrology, writing. We were never supposed to learn writing. Um, because when a man dies, his sin dies with him. But in the case of Charles Darwin, his sin didn't die with him. His sin continues to capture, you know, multitudes. Um, verse 5. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, hallelujah, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that there she would be nourished for 1,260 days. So this is referring to what Herod did in going out and having all male children under the age of two executed. He, he sent out a flood to devour the child, drown the child, and 
God rescued the child and saved them. Now, it's very interesting that in this vision, the, the action or the deed is ascribed to Satan, but here on earth we perceive it as the actions of Herod. And we need to understand how completely leaders and officials are governed by the will of Satan. Herod was just doing Satan's will. Herod was, by proxy, the body of Satan in this world, in much the same way that world leaders today are, by proxy, carrying out the will of Satan. So, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope and pray that we all would very quickly mature and develop in a faith that gives us confidence and peace no matter how ugly things get around us. God bless and keep you.